Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. morning I'm going to be talking about names. Names. So my actual title of my message is What's in a Name? And does anyone know what that reference is? I'll be very impressed if you know what that reference is. What's in a name? Where does that come from? Yeah? Exactly. Exactly. Well done. Yeah. From Romeo and Juliet. It's, um, Shakespeare puts that into his plays. He's, he gets Romeo to say it. Um, and it, Romeo is essentially saying, look, I'm a Montague. You're a Capulet. These families war. Like, we can't really be together, but Romeo is saying, what's in a name? Names are irrelevant. Let's just be together anyways. But I'm here to talk about names. I'm here to say that names are relevant, and there's a lot to learn from them as well. So um, let's, let's dive straight in. Let's dive straight in. I like my name. My name is Justin. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Bethany, as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Brownie points. Cha-ching. Booyah. Uh, <laughs> I like my name. Um, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's a cool name. I don't overly love it. I like it, but I don't love it. Um, it'd be cool if I had like, a, like an old school Bible like Hebrew name, like after like one of the commanders of an army or um, I've, even got, I've got some examples. I'll read you some examples. Like Asher, leader of um, Israelites, one of Israelites' tribes. It also means happiest one. So the Hebrews, they name their kids, but it also has like a second meaning as well. It means something different in their language. Um, and a lot of cultures do that. English, not so much. Amos is a shepherd turned prophet. Um, what does that mean? That means um, born of God. Boaz, his part in Naomi um, and Ruth's story, and he, that means of sharp mind. There's so many cool Bible names that you can aspire to live like, that you can, you can um, really try and sink your teeth into those, those kind of names and the messages behind them. And um, So Justin means just or fair one, and I feel like I'm, I'm growing into that. Um, but for... If you're named after a Bible character, you can look at their story and be like, yeah, I really want to be like that person. Me, I was named after a Days of Our Lives character who my parents really liked in the late, <laughs> late 80s, early 90s, so not a whole lot to live up to there. Um, although although he, his name was Justin, he probably died a few times and came back. That's pretty impressive. But I've already got someone who's already done that, so I'm already following Jesus. He's already done that, so that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm named after Justin from Days of Our Lives. I didn't actually Google it. I don't actually know if he died or not. I didn't want Google to think that I like watching daytime soap operas and getting all like the targeted ads. I don't know what I'd get ads for. Some people might watch, watch them here, so I'm not going to make too many jokes. Um, but they're great, great reminders. Your name is a great reminder of, of who you are and who God has made you to be and who your parents aspire you to be like. So names are important. Names are powerful. You know, it's the school holidays. And uh, who, who has kids here? They're not in the room, so you can be, be honest. I don't have kids. What do you mean? There's no, no kids here. Um, who, says, who says their kids' names more than once a day during school holidays? Who, that's, okay, let's bump that up to five. Who say their kids' names at least five times a day during school holidays? Yeah, a few hands. How about ten? Yeah. So it's pretty cool that what you name these kids and the meaning behind those names are actually a great reminder to the parents as well. So when you're... Back in the old, old days with the Hebrew people, they're calling their kids in from the field. They'd be calling their names, and then there would be a reminder to them of that God is merciful, or God is kind. It's a constant reminder to them four or five or six times every day that God is kind, God is merciful, and there is power in that. I don't have kids yet, so I don't know the number, but you do. 
I don't have kids yet, in Jesus' name, amen? In the rest of the world, we don't name our kids after phrases, but the Israelites do. Great reminder. Um, I think the, I talk about the, the basis of Justin. Justin is a Latin word that means, um, it means just or fair, and, but it's not a Latino word. I thought it was, so when I said, saw it was a Latin word, I thought it was like Miguel or Sanchez, like justice. Doesn't, doesn't really sound like a Latino word. It's a Latin word, like carpe diem, um, and, they, and the date names do matter. Um, names do matter, especially because in our world today, um, people are obsessed with naming themselves and, and labeling themselves. And I think the importance of names is sort of going out the window a little bit. You can swap, you can change, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to go too deep into that this morning, but I could never rename or relabel myself. Why? Because I'm not mine to name. I'm not my own to name myself. I'm not my own to label myself. Christ died for me. I, the life that I now live, I, I live in him. He died for me. He, he's the one who endured the cross, scorning its shame for the joy that was set before him. That joy, that joy is us. That joy is us. I'm not mine. I've been bought with a price. What he says, he, what, who he says I am is who I am. Solely and completely. I find my identity in who he says. His word is final. I'm not mine to rename. Now, I wish I had an hour to unpack what our identity is, and I'd be still only scratching the surface. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you one passage and two points, and we'll go from there. So... Let's get to the Bible. It's important to speak from the Bible when you're preaching. Not just my ideas, but God's. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 19. This is the passage where Peter confesses as Jesus as the Christ. Some of you might be knowing maybe where I'm going with this. Maybe not. It's going to make sense. Verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He even gives them the answer. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus says to them, but who do you say that I am? Very important. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. How good? It's good stuff, Pete. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, of, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So cool. So why are we talking about this passage in particular? Because Jesus renames Peter. And why, why would he do that? And then why would he change it from Simon by Jonah to Peter? Those are two questions we're going we're gonna to look into. So Simon by Jonah. We all know what Simon by Jonah means. Simon of Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah, essentially. Um, so Jesus takes Peter's name, Simon, son of Jonah, to just Peter. It's crazy. He, just, he takes away. Another way to phrase it is Simon, whose identity is found in his family tree, to just Peter. You're not who your family has been anymore. 
your heritage, your inheritance is from Christ. You, know, you can take away the, 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 the past, you can take away the, the addictions, you can take away the dysfunction, you can take away the, 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 de- the, the sickness and disease. It's not for you. Your, your, your family tree is now you, Father God. It's not you and then your dysfunctional parent and then their dysfunctional parent and then their dysfunctional parent. You can break generational curses in Jesus' name because it has no line anymore. It has no connection to you. You believe in Jesus, it's, it's, there's no flow. There's no flow to it anymore. Jesus knew the importance of Peter knowing that he was who Jesus said he was and not who his father was. Good, bad, or indifferent. You can come from a great family and you are very blessed if you do. Not many people will do. Come from a functional, God-loving, God-serving family. Again, don't rest on that though. Even if you have a great family, your, your inheritance still comes from God. You can have a great inheritance from your family, but don't let that supersede the inheritance you get from God. You are God's. That is where your family line comes from. It's important for us to know. It's part of our identity. Yes, we have last names that tie us to our family tree, but our family tree is Jesus and Father God. So generational curses are gone, bad behaviors, addictions, sicknesses, diseases, all that kind of genetic stuff. Don't, don't, Don't accept it. Don't accept it. Fight it in Jesus' name. You're not who your family have been. Good, bad, or indifferent. Something else that is interesting about this. So Simon, Simon by Jonah. So the Hebrews, again, like I said earlier, have multiple meanings for the same things. So Simon means hearer. Okay, so listen. And by Jonah means of a dove. So Simon's name can also be interpreted as, and would would be commonly interpreted as, Simon, hearer of, of, of a dove. And we know the dove is the symbol of the spirit, all right? We're going to have a little bit of water. So I'm getting excited. Yeah. My mouth's getting dry. All right. Simon, hearer of the spirit. Great name, right? His gift. That's what God's given him. There's evidence. When Jesus found uh, Peter and his brothers on the boat, before he even said he was the Messiah, before anything, their first interaction. Uh, Simon knew that Jesus was special just when he uh, brought, got the, the catch of fish in. Jesus said, throw the net on the other side, bring in a catch of fish, and straight away Simon hits the ground. He heard in the spirit uh, that Jesus was special. He, he, walked, he, he walked on the water. He heard the call of the water for Jesus to call him out onto the water. He heard it, not in here, but he heard it in here. He's a hero of the spirit. And literally, in that passage we just read, Peter's the only one who gets up and says, you're the Christ. Jesus says, you heard that, not from, not from flesh and blood. You heard that from God. You heard that from the Spirit. So there's, there's, there's evidence that he is the hero of the Spirit. And so why would, why would Jesus want to change his name from a gifting that he's very strong in to rock? It's great, cool, elaborate. Everyone would love to have that gift. They ought to hear from the Spirit. Rocks, that's not, that's not really exciting. It's steady, stable. The difference between the two names, the name change, is one's a verb, hearer of God, and one's a noun. One is what you can do, what you can achieve, what you can contribute, what you can accomplish, and the other one is who you are. So noun, this one's a verb. Jesus knew that for Peter to do what he was called to do, he couldn't find his identity in the good stuff he could do. He couldn't find his identity in 
relying on his gifting. He couldn't, he couldn't do what he was called to do, relying, what he could, relying on what he could contribute. He had to rely on his identity being, Jesus says, I'm the rock. Not what I can do, for the rock can't do much. Not, not because of my family line. Not because I can hear the Spirit really well. Not because I can heal people. Because of who I am. That's who Jesus says I am. It's a great reminder for us to not find your identity in what you do, what you can contribute, but find your identity in who Christ says that you are. Because what you can do, what you can contribute, is sometimes going to be fantastic, and you're going to be so glad you are who you are, and then you're going to stuff up, and you're going to be so low, and so think you're rubbish. I've been there, for sure. It's a a battle that everyone has to go through. But if you know Jesus has said that you are who you are, you are a rock, you are solid, you are steady. Nothing can shake you. Don't rely on what you can do. Not a verb, but a noun. What you can do is not who you are. What you can do is not who you are. All right, let's do one more, one more passage, one more point. Joseph, you know Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, that, that, that Joseph, yeah? Don't, don't watch that. That's not actually accurate. Um, read the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 37 through to chapter 50, so we're going to read that now, 13 chapters. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he was almost killed by his brothers. He was thrown into a pit by his brothers. Uh, he was sold into slavery um, twice, got, got into Potiphar's house, rose the ranks, and then got uh, accused of rape, and then got chucked into prison. This guy had, was up and down, up and down his whole life. How was he able to remain so fruitful after every hit? So he started off really well. He had favor with his dad, and he was his favorite child, and his brother chucked him in a pit. But then he's able to get out of that, rise to the top of Potiphar's house, again, chucked in prison. Then he's able to rise to, um, he's actually put in charge of all the prisoners, and then he's put uh, a second in charge um, of, of Pharaoh and all of the kingdom of, of Egypt. So he was able to take the, the garbage that life throws him and able to remain fruitful. How, that's, that's gold. If you can catch that, because life will throw you so many curveballs. Life, guarantee, people say the only two guarantees is death and taxes. But life, life will, will throw something crazy at you, and you won't know what to do. How do you come back from that? What can we learn from, from Joseph? What's, what's his secret? How did he do it? Because it's just like, you, you're going to get bad news from a doctor. You're going to get bad news from your workplace. You're going to get bad news from a family member. It's going to happen. Jesus doesn't say um, if bad things happen. He says when they happen, be of good cheer, be faithful. So we need to be equipped, right? What can we learn from Joseph? What can we learn from Joseph? So remember when I started the message, I said that when you call your kids' names, it's a great reminder to you. So I thought, well, let's have a look at Joseph's kids' names and what do they mean. So Joseph's first child's name is Manasseh. And his second kid's name is Ephraim. So this is pretty cool. What Joseph called his first name, what it actually means is, God has helped me to forget. God has helped me to forget. And then Ephraim, get this, Ephraim means to be fruitful. God has helped me to forget to be fruitful. 
what do you need to forget today? What do you need to leave in the past to be fruitful tomorrow? That's the secret to being fruitful in every stage and every season of your life. Learning from the past, yes, but don't linger on the past. Let that baggage go. Let that, whatever it is that you're carrying, is, I feel like some people here have a, uh, a weight vest. You know the vest that you like army men wear and they do like crazy tracks? Like 100 kilos or something on them. Time to let it go. Forgive, let bitterness go. Forget the past. Lay hold of what's in front of you. Lay hold of what's in front of you. Joseph was able to, to rise above every circumstance that came his way because he was able to forget the past, to be fruitful. Press forward. You know, it, some people also need to let go of the good old days. You know, I, I never want to be a person who is stuck thinking about the good old days because it stops you from making good days today. These are the good days. Tomorrow is a good day. You know, if you find yourself thinking about the good old days too often, chances are you think your best is behind you. And let me tell you, your best is not behind you. It doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your occupation, doesn't matter your, your marital status, your best is not behind you, your best is in front of you in Jesus' name. The good old days are dangerous. <laughs> it's good to reminisce. I'm not saying don't reminisce. Take photos, have memories. But don't have that as like an idol that you're like, oh, I wish I just could go back. Oh, those days were so good. No, today is good. Tomorrow is great. Let's make them good. What do you have to forget to be fruitful? What's, what's holding you back? So you're not who your family has been. What you do is not who you are. God, help me to forget to be fruitful. And my, my best days are not behind me. Those are my four points. If you want to write notes and condense all that, all what I've just said into four, four points, those are the four. So I'll, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a chance to catch up. If you haven't been taking notes, please take notes in church and read over them during the week. Great, it'll do you very well. If you haven't started, I'm giving you a chance to catch up now. Who you are is not who your family has been. What you can do is not who you are. God, help me to forget to be fruitful. It's not, it's not, it's, you got to be careful how you like say that because it's not like, help me to forget to be fruitful. You, know, you can't forget to be fruitful. What do I need to forget to be fruitful? And if you think your best days are behind you, you're wrong. Your best days are ahead of you. It's, okay, and you could, be, you could be thinking, okay, but you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know my history. You don't know, and that is 100% correct. And all I can do is speak from my experience, and I can speak from the Word of God, which, which supersedes any of my temporary emotions. It supersedes any kind of mortal wisdom that I have. It supersedes any feelings of excitement or of disappointment. The Word of God keeps you steady. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.